0: Hello, and welcome to The Cindy Gross Show. I am your host, Cindy Gross. I want to thank you all for making our syndicated show so special. And we want to welcome in the people and the followers of Real Talk, 93.3 FM in the Midwest and 1010 10 AM. And as we are expanding, we will let you know more stations that you could hear us on throughout the weekend, regardless of where you are around the country or in Israel, or download us anywhere around the world, anytime, through iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcast, Podbean, Jewish Podcast out of Jerusalem, the TalkLine Radio Network, and of course, through my website, Cindy's Corners. And you could always reach me directly through social media on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. I love to hear from you. Send me your suggestions, your comments, even if they're disagreements. I love to talk with you. So let's get started and welcome into my corner. Of course, everybody is talking about the war in Europe, Ukraine, Russia, what's going on, how it's impacting our prices of gas, our uh, supplies in supermarkets and drugstores, and of course, We are all worried here, but yet we are all living our lives. What you're not hearing are the little stories that relate to people we actually know. And I'm going to share with you, I'm going to actually read to you something that I received last Friday night, right before I lit my Sabbath candles. This is from one of my best friends who I speak to daily. Hi, all. Our niece and her family, and they have many kids, the youngest of which is only two weeks old, are the rabbi and rebitzen of the Chabad in Ukraine in Sharkov. Thank God, Khani and her family managed to leave Sharkov in between the bombing. And they are in the middle of a very long, tedious trip towards the Ukrainian border. Even though my niece keeps the mitzvot and observes the Sabbath, carefully. For her, the mitzvah this Shabbos is to travel in order to save their lives. Since she will be on the road with her family and others, because as many people know, people that are leaving are leaving in groups with family members and neighbors. We are asking everybody to light candles this Shabbos and ask you to light additional candles for her on her behalf. And as you do so, please have in mind and pray for her family, the Jewish communities of Ukraine, and the Jewish communities of Russia, and for the entire Jewish community around the world. Shabbat Shalom. Saturday night. After our Sabbath, I received another text. Thank God our family has arrived safely in Romania and they are on their way to Israel. Another friend of mine posted on Facebook. Her cousin, also involved in the Jewish communities in Ukraine. They have many family there. She was sharing that although Shabbat is a day of rest and religious observance includes the prohibition against electricity, this past Shabbos was different for the Jewish communities of Ukraine because volunteers were on the phones all day trying to convince the Ukrainian Jews to leave before it's too late. The volunteers went through every phone number they had Patiently explaining to the elderly Jews, many of them Holocaust survivors, that they had to leave now. There is significant danger ahead, especially for the Jewish community, as missiles are now falling on civilian homes, schools, and synagogues. And the escape routes are closing in. Then the callers provided detailed instructions on how to secure buses and carpools arranged by the community that will bring them safely outside of the battered Ukraine. One such person was my cousin, a rabbi from Chernigov. His own family was distraught and confused, including his little daughter, just a few years old. Tati, it doesn't feel like Shabbat when you're not on the phone the whole time. I don't understand this. I'm sorry, when you're on the phone the whole time, because we never use the phone. You're right, he answered her. But thank God we're able to coordinate 13 cars to leave over Shabbos. That's 13 cars with five people in each one. And we got to save 65 worlds. How fortunate we are. People, these are the little stories that they're not showing on TV enough. And the Jewish communities are not just helping the Jews, but they're helping their innocent neighbors also. I ask you to join with me to think about what we can do to help these people. Because it reminds me growing up of asking my parents and my grandparents, how come the American Jews didn't help? the European Jews that were going into the gas chambers or being killed in mass graves like at Baba Yar, which was just destroyed by the Russians because they don't want to have a remembrance of what they did 80 years ago. I want you to think about what should we do as individuals and not rely on what opinions are on the media, or what political party we are in, but it's simple things that we have to help organize. There's a woman in my community that has opened up her garage and has asked people to donate clothes and closed cans of non-perishable foods, that she is arranging deliveries to people that are getting to the borders, that left everything behind. We see pictures, it's snowing. We all have probably a very old winter coat we haven't used or baby clothes. They desperately need baby food. Those are the things I'm not seeing enough of. Yes, we are seeing some people um, who are helping out, who are hiding. We're watching the journalist and we thank the journalists for risking their lives. But it's those kind of stories that my friends and family are sharing that are making me think, what can I do? Am I doing enough? We'll be back after this commercial.
1: The eight-day holiday of Passover begins at sundown April 15th through April 23rd and is celebrated by Jews around the world with two nights of festive meals, the setter, and lots of wine. Four cups each night to symbolize freedom from bondage. The folks at Royal Wine Corp the largest manufacturer, importer, and exporter of kosher wine, offers wines from all over the world in every price point. Founded in 1848, Royal Wine Corp's mission is to be the premier manufacturer, importer, and distributor of specialty wines, spirits, and liqueurs from around the world. The commitment to perfection and family tradition spans over eight generations and has experienced growth since its beginning. Royal's portfolio of domestic and international wines ranges from traditional wine-producing regions of France, Italy, and Spain, to up-and-coming ones like Israel, New Zealand, and Argentina. Additionally, Royal Wine Corp's Spirit and Liqueur Portfolio offers some of the most sought-after scotches, bourbons, tequilas, and vodkas, as well as hard-to-find specialty items such as flavored brandies and liqueurs. To find out more, visit the Royal Wine website and find out where you can pick up all your wine needs or order online with discounts on many favorites.
0: Welcome back. I'm thinking of Leonard Bernstein's lyrics, New York, New York, a hell of a town. The Bronx is up, but the battery's down. The people ride in a hole in the ground. New York, New York, it's a hell of a town. Well, people, I don't know. Is New York, New York really a hell of a town? Are they really excited about riding the subways these days? I don't know. Is the Bronx really up? I don't know. But what I do know is that it's early March, and the New York State GOP is really doing very little to help themselves as far as gaining seats in their local, state, and national elections. In my own district, we still don't have a candidate for Congress. It's unheard of. People I'm working with for over two years have been actively pursuing the 2022 uh, seats in the House of Representatives. There are over 30 people retiring. There is no reason why the New York State GOP hasn't been working on every single seat for over a year. There are assembly seats, state senate seats, local council seats that are still empty. Why? And then, of course, we have another issue ongoing. There is a very big disconnect between the actual voters, the donors of the GOP, and the county leaderships. While the Democrats are going through their own uh, Confusions and arguments within their own party. It's not my party. I care about the GOP. I care about policies of jobs and safety and worldwide presence of leadership, of quality education, of middle class happiness and growth and retirement and the American dream of doing better for our children. And that's what the GOP and the conservative and the libertarian parties are all supposed to be about. Less government and more individuality and more power in states' rights. So New York, what is going on? Why aren't you producing in a year where you can make tons of gains. Why aren't you working towards victory? This is a question I am asked all the time. This is a question I am asked as to why I am not running again in 2022 as of today. Because I can tell you for the past six months, every single day, I get phone calls. Aren't you going to run? Aren't you going to run? you're building such a great coalition among the 2022 victories among the uh, around the country. Why aren't you running? How can we run in a state where as is the odds are against us, but we're not even working to help ourselves. I don't understand it. So I am bringing to you a, perfect person that I work with all the time. He is our Gen Z statistician. He also happens to be on the board of Jewish Vote GOP, a grassroots group that I started around the 2020 election because I saw there was a big disconnect among leadership and grassroots voters. And we are going to discuss in detail. He has facts. He does the research. He speaks with the candidates. We could be doing a a lot better in this blue state. And if we could do better in this blue state, imagine the states that are purple. Why aren't our leaders doing more? So joining us now is Aaron Spring. And joining us now is a new contributor, somebody who I have had the good fortune to know. He is a board member of the group I founded, Jewish Vote GOP, which is one of the fastest growing grassroots Jewish Republican groups in the country. And he is our Gen Z statistician. He works with many campaigns. He volunteers with many campaigns. And Aaron Spring, we are so happy to have you with the Cindy Gross Show.
2: Thank you. I'm happy to be here. And I appreciate you taking the time.
0: So today we're going to talk about what is going on in New York, because a lot of people read my article and they are very confused about the strength of the GOP. And you are here to tell us, based on the work you do, that grassroots activism for America First policies, MAGA, and a Trump 2024 victory is within reach doing the work. So tell us what you found out.
2: So I looked at a lot of the state legislative races and I found, you know, everybody's talking about the governor's race, but the governor's race really does not matter if the Republican party's in the super minority. They need to get out of the super minority and into the minority in the state legislative and the state legislator. So if you look at certain races, uh, let's go to Southern Brooklyn for a minute. There are many competitive districts that the GOP is either failing to put up a candidate or failing to do proper candidate recruitment. If you look at District 48, which encompasses Borough Park and Midwood, um, the Republican Party and Donald Trump won 80% of the vote there in 2020. They should have a formidable candidate there in 2022. The 45th Assembly District, uh, which is Brighton Beach, Manhattan Beach, and Gravesend, uh, Donald Trump and the Republican Party got Uh, 67% of the vote there. So there's no reason why the Republican Party is not putting up candidates in these districts. And in other areas in Southern Brooklyn, the 46th, I'm hearing Alec Brooke Krasny might be running as a Republican, the former Democrat Assemblyman. So that's a way to flip that seat. That was a very close seat as well. Uh, And there's a litany of other seats in the area, such as the 41st and the 47th as well, uh, where Donald Trump, the Republican Party, came within 10 points of flipping the districts. So if the Republican Party actually invests in candidate recruitment and invest in turning out voters in these areas, they can flip uh, six assembly seats in southern Brooklyn. And if we take it over to Queens in the 23rd Assembly District, which is Howard Beach, as well as um, uh, some of the more conservative neighborhoods on the western part of the Rockaways, Uh, Donald Trump lost this area 52-48 by 2,000 votes. So if the Republican Party can have some momentum, turn on some independents to vote for them and some soft Democrats, they'll flip the 23rd. If we go to the northeast part of Queens, the 27th Assembly District, uh, which is Whitestone and some other neighborhoods such as Malba, Um, Donald Trump performed with 41% of the vote there. So it's going to take some work for a Republican to flip that area. But the right type of Republican doing Asian and Latino outreach can do it. There's also two 60-40 Biden districts in Northeast Queens that are um, heavily Asian districts. So proper outreach to Chinese and Korean voters could also flip these areas. It's going to take a lot of money and it's going to take Republicans who care but those are 10 assembly districts that will push the Republican Party from 43 seats in the state assembly to 53, uh, just those 10 seats alone. If they flip all those seats, they'll get out of the super minority. And then if they have a Republican governor, they won't have to worry about a veto proof uh, supermajority uh, Democratic uh, legislator basically uh, voting against everything a Republican governor would do. So the Republican Party needs to start with those state legislative seats. Southern Brooklyn and, and Northeast and even Southern parts of Queens are right for picking up. Um, it's just a matter of whether the Republican party actually cares enough to put up candidates there and work for said candidates.
0: So this is great. And this is a national show. And what you are telling us is that if the Republican national committee and with people that Donald Trump endorses and the save America packs and the various, other uh, patriotic packs that are working to win the White House in 2024 start to really work now on local elections, we could actually take back the country because you're talking about areas that are always considered the bluest of blue and that are often ignored. And there are grassroots people. There are people with money and we see what's going on around the world. Aaron Spring, Thank you so much for joining the Cindy Gross Show, and we will look, look forward to having you back in the near future.
2: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
1: The eight-day holiday of Passover begins at sundown April 15th through April 23rd and is celebrated by Jews around the world with two nights of festive meals, the setter, and lots of wine. Four cups each night to symbolize freedom from bondage. The folks at Royal Wine Corp the largest manufacturer, importer, and exporter of kosher wine, offers wines from all over the world in every price point. Founded in 1848, Royal Wine Corp's mission is to be the premier manufacturer, importer, and distributor of specialty wines, spirits, and liqueurs from around the world. The commitment to perfection and family traditions spans over eight generations and has experienced growth since its beginning. Royal's portfolio of domestic and international wines ranges from traditional wine-producing regions of France, Italy, Italy, and Spain to up-and-coming ones like Israel, New Zealand, and Argentina. Additionally, Royal Wine Corp Spirit and Liqueur Portfolio offers some of the most sought-after scotches, bourbons, tequilas, and vodkas, as well as hard-to-find specialty items such as flavored brandies and liqueurs. To find out more, visit the Royal Wine website and find out where you can pick up all your wine needs or order online with discounts on many favorites.
0: Welcome back to The Cindy Gross Show. I am your host, Cindy Gross and many candidates went to sleep in November of 2020 victorious thinking they were going to Washington and many of them are running again in 2022 our next guest George Santos from New York's Long Island area is one of those candidates and he is going to discuss what is important now for voters Trump supporters MAGA supporters, America First supporters, what they must do now so that we do not have a repeat of November 2020. Thank you so much for joining the Cindy Gross Show.
3: Cindy, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's it's great to be on with you. Uh, and, and I like how you laid, it, laid out that introduction. A lot of us went to sleep very happy in 2020, and we defied all odds only to wake up to uh, I'd say it took two weeks for me to wake up into a nightmare, but that's pretty much how the, the, the election panned out for all of us. It was a very difficult time uh, and and coping with it has been uh, something very interesting. But the one thing I learned from it was to build strength and pull strength from from that very unfortunate situation that the entire country experienced and give it a second very strong run. And I think now what we have is is insurmountable amount of evidence that when you do a dishonest election process with the lack of transparency, the weak and failed leadership of unprepared people start to shine bright like a sore thumb in the middle uh, of the day, because just look at what's going on. We we are in really bad shape in our country today.
0: So your seat is now an open seat because Tom Swasey... Uh is running for governor in a primary against Kathy Hochul. So tell us a little bit about your district, because I want to talk about what the Democrats did in your redistricting. Tell us where you are and what areas you encompass.
3: So it, we are uh, the poster child of what a gerrymandered district, a partisan gerrymandered district looks like. Uh, We start off in Nissaquag, in uh, the most eastern part of the district in Suffolk County in Smithtown, and we go all the way up to Rye City, Westchester County. Now, this is the first time a district of this magnitude has ever been drawn. Uh, There's a lot of legal constitutional challenges to the district. But you know, they're trying to sell it as a Long Island sound district, but in reality, there's nothing sound about this district. It's well, insane. <laughs> it's just absolutely <laughs> bad.
0: And the reason the Democrats did this purposely was because of the uh, 2021 local elections that were won by uh, the GOP, because it is an open seat, and because the radical left is trying to push somebody like a Biagi, Alexandria Biagi, into the seat through the Bronx. But I have to tell everybody, I am out of all the candidates, I think we are two of the closest. I could tell everybody here that. George has been working this seat to represent the people on every issue since he thought he won in 2020 enough that he's been back and forth to Washington. He's established relationships with our current superstars like uh, Congressman Ronnie Jackson and uh, Elise Stefanik. And of course he has a lot of relationships with president Donald Trump's team and has been to Malago several times with meetings with the president Tell us what is on the minds of the voters in your district when it comes to MAGA and they see what is going on.
3: Well, look, here's a reality. Um, For those who love Trump, they say, I told you so. For those who didn't like Trump says, God, I miss Trump. Because I think we can all agree now we would really like world peace and we can take some mean tweets in return. Because the reality of it and the scope of the insanity that we're experiencing under the Biden administration is inflation is out of control. Unemployment is still an issue. And we're having the record issues in in, in our foreign policy. We have a massive conflict in the Ukraine and Russia that we could have avoided had we really set hard lines in the sand with Putin and stopped him from going and advancing into Ukraine. Now we're allowing NATO to to give privileges of air force uh, uh, cover for Ukraine. Ukraine's not a NATO nation. I'm not a, a Putin apologist. I think Putin should be prosecuted for war crimes and should be held to the fire for for such. But if we're going to be honest about it is is Trump's policies kept America and the world safe. Nobody went to war. There were no new wars during the Trump presidency. Assad in in Syria did what he did, the disastrous war crimes he did, and we all saw how Aleppo turned out, and this is a repeat under Biden. And remember, Aleppo happened during the 2016 election under President Obama. A lot of people like to say that that was during Trump's time. It was not. If we can all remember the famous quote of Gary Johnson, what is Aleppo? So that was during the election. Right. So it's weak leadership that leads to colossal life loss across the globe. The exit from Afghanistan, weak, a disaster, a debacle. Joe Biden has been nothing but a colossal failure. And we couldn't have had worse representation in the White House than we have right now. Weak, incoherent and absolutely unorganized.
0: It's very interesting because you are you're not in a primary, but the Democrats are in a primary. And the the person they say that's going to win that primary is Robert Zimmerman. And the country's watching this race because they're seeing a race of a gay man versus a gay man. And you represent one of the largest groups growing in the Republican Party, the log cabin Republicans. And you're just getting a lot of press on this. So tell us a little bit how it feels about leading the nation in this as people are watching this particular race who are part of the LBGBQ movement.
3: So the 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 whole the whole thing and and I and and I and I thank you for bringing that up because I usually call the whole LGBT uh the alphabet people <laughs> because it's just getting larger and larger but something that I think is very interesting is This is the new Republican Party, the party of Big Tent. We we are all conservatives in our own mind. We don't have to agree 100% of the time, but our core values are the same. We stand for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I don't care whether I'm running against a straight, gay, yellow, black, purple person. I just want to know that your values are in the best interest of the American people. Now, if Rob Zimmerman comes out victorious from the Democratic primary, that'll be his first win in his very uh, his, his first win in any level of a competing election and in his entire career. And I will welcome a, a spirited, highly, uh, election position debate with him because I think, he, you know, it might be an interesting uh, optic for the country to see two gay men on different sides of the spectrum battling and to advocate for what they believe in is best for the country and the direction we take it in. And remember, we are Trump's party. Trump had the first gay man in his cabinet when Rick Burnell was acting director of, of, of national security. So if, if, you, if you think of that, that just gives you a, a whole full scope. Trump didn't, didn't appoint him or make him ambassador to Germany just because of his gender. Or, or, or his uh, sexual orientation. He did that because he was the most qualified man for the job, unlike what Biden did in his cat cabinet, which is appoint people based on gender, ethnicity, and, 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 and sexual orientation. That's weak. We need to have people who are strong. And the law cabinet Republicans today have grown twice, year after year, since Trump has taken um, uh, office. And I'm very proud to be a part of that group.
0: We have to wrap up this uh, interview, but please let everybody know this is international where they can reach out to you. uh, George has a huge Jewish uh, constituency. He is being backed by the Iranian Jews in his district, which we're going to bring him back to talk about the whole Iran issue. Where can they find you?
3: George4NY.com and all social medias, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. I'm there all the time. So please reach out.
0: Thank you so much for joining the Cindy Gross Show. Welcome back to the Cindy Gross Show. I am your host, Cindy Gross. And our next guest is going to be talking with me about something that I am very passionate about as a Jewish activist, an education activist, and um, he's actually going to take it a step further, talking about his brand new book, Conspiracy Theories. Welcome to this show, Scott Shea.
4: It's good to be here. Thank you for having me, Cindy.
0: So your book really is so timely because you're talking about conspiracy theories and a lot that's going on in Russia and Ukraine before. For the current events. And tell us a little bit what made you decide to write the book and uh, what you want readers to get out of it.
4: Well, the reason I started writing this book, I actually started it. It started life as a 2,500-word essay that was going to be published and on lessons that I learned from my father in commemorating the 75th anniversary of his of his liberation from Dhaka, and i went to northwestern university as part of this i started rereading uh, the work of a holocaust denier called arthur butts who's a professor at northwestern university and as part of it i i had never really grappled with what he wrote but i decided i could have, if i'm writing this i've got to read his book so i learned something very interesting he is a conspiracy theorist. Yes, he hates Jews, but he claims not to hate Jews. He claims to just hate Zionists. And when I read what he was what he was writing, which is that, well, how did all these documents find their way into Western into Europe that that, that depicted the Holocaust? Well, evil cabals of Zionists planted them, and what happened? when all of the Germans testified, the not Germans testified as to their culpability, to either being guards, perpetrators, murderers uh, of Jews. Well, he explains that away because it's evil cabal of Zionists, bamboozled to use his word, pure, innocent, loving, kind Nazis to confess to crimes against humanity that they never would have imagined. So what I found is, is that, He's essentially a conspiracy theorist who, whenever there is a fact, expands the, the theory around facts. And then I started reading what was going on on the left. And they were doing exactly the same thing. And time and again, I found one, one um, professor who spoke at Northwestern and has lauded it, was lauded there, who wrote, and I'm just going to quote because I want to make sure I get this exactly right. It's so amazing. The Nazi Holocaust in Europe seems a direct antecedent to Israel's founding. There were plans from the outset of Zionism to rid the promised land of its indigenous population. The far left, and I found this time and again in the book, says exactly what the far right says. It is so ridiculous. And they all coalesce around conspiracy theories of just one people, one group, and that's Jews.
0: I couldn't agree with you more because I have been called out. I, it is no secret. I'm a proud supporter of President Trump and his agenda and his policies. And I'm very proud of uh, being a Jewish activist. But I'm also realistic. Just as the extreme left became very anti-Semitic, I see people on the extreme right. I see people like with the Lyndon LaRoche pack busy with Trump's side that Trump doesn't even know or that many Republicans don't even know, but you as a journalist and as a reporter and an author knows just how, uh, anti-Semitic Lyndon LaRoche was.
4: Yeah. Lyndon LaRoche hated, hated Jews. And so do his supporters, but here's the thing for the far right. And this is where it comes back to conspiracy and Lind- Lyndon LaRoche people are by the way, the alter, conspiracy theorists Um, but what's going on is that is that on the far right Jews are not really white they're this evil cabal of fake whites who are plotting to harm real honest pure white people and for the far left Jews are hyper white they're aligning themselves with white supremacists and police departments to oppress people of color all over the world. If you change the names of the entities, you just do a little switch like, you know, Mad Libs or whatever, um, you would find that they say literally exactly the same thing time and time again. And there is fundamental. What well, The other thing I found that was interesting because I ended up studying a tremendous number of conspiracy theories and even the scholars of conspiracy theories who are not Jewish don't even know, you know, don't know a Jew from a pew. They end up wondering why. Even the Denver conspiracy theory, even the uh, the, the, uh, the 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 QAnon, they all have something about Jews in there. The only ones that don't are the non-political ones, like Elvis is dead. I'm sorry, Elvis is alive or Paul is dead. You know, those sorts of things. Every other conspiracy theory somehow has a Jewish component. Just about.
0: Unfortunately, with what's going on in the world, it's very scary to think that somehow the Jews are going to be blamed for all of this. Because let's be realistic. Israel has ties now between business and technology and travel and all kinds of relationships, uh, communications through the internet with every country in the world, whether or not they like them or not.
4: Well, look, why Israel? I mean, here's the thing is that there's so much stuff written about Israel, but one thing that I found amazing is part of my research is that in the, we now have the Soviet archives opened up. So people who knew they were lying, they actually write, that we're coming up with lies about Israel. Actually, we're writing stuff that's the new left anti-Semitism is is actually in a certain kind of way boring. Let me read you what was written in the great Soviet encyclopedia in the 50s by people who in their notes said they were lying. They were making it up. The main posits of modern Zionism are militant chauvinism, racism and anti-communism. The anti-human, reactionary excess of Zionism is an overt and covert fight against freedom movements and against the USSR. International Zionist organizations own major financial institutions through Jewish monopolists, collected through Jewish mandatory charities, and they sit. They influence or control major media. They serve as the front squad of colonialism. They came up with a neo-colonialism, and they participate in the fight against. National liberation movements of the people of Africa, Asia, and Latin America. It sounds like this has just been written by a professor um yesterday. Absolutely. And, it, and this was written in the 50s by people who knew they were lying. But there's one important thing I have to say is, and here's the corruption of modern academia. Is that there's a professor, let's let's a professor at Rutgers who writes about Jews harvesting organs from Palestinians so that they can be used to be implanted into Jews, and how Jews in Israel are using algorithms to systemically, through some voodoo, starve Palestinians. This book was published by Duke University Press, passed peer review, and won an award from the Women's Studies Association. It is absolutely a conspiracy theory, absolutely old-fashioned blood libels, just renewed.
0: Scott Shea, we could read your articles in the Wall Street Journal. And the book is Conspiracy You by Post Hill Press, available on Amazon and in bookstores nationwide. Thank you for joining The Cindy Gross Show.
1: Thank you. The eight day holiday of Passover begins at sundown April fifteenth through April twenty third and is celebrated by Jews around the world with two nights of festive meals, the setter, and lots of wine, four cups each night to symbolize freedom from bondage. The folks at Royal Wine Corp, the largest manufacturer, importer, and exporter of kosher wine, offers wines from all over the world in every price point. Founded in eighteen forty-eight, Royal Wine Corp's mission is to be the premier manufacturer, importer and and distributor of specialty wines, spirits and liqueurs from around the world. The commitment to perfection and family traditions spans over eight generations and has experienced growth since its beginning. Royal's portfolio of domestic and international wines ranges from traditional wine producing regions of France, Italy and Spain to up-and-coming ones like Israel, New Zealand and Argentina. Additionally, Royal Wine Corp. spirit and liqueur portfolio offers some of the most sought-after scotches, bourbons, tequilas and vodkas, as well as hard-to-find special. Specialty items such as flavored brandies and liqueurs. To find out more, visit the Royal Wine website and find out where you can pick up all your wine needs or order online with discounts on many favorites.
0: Welcome back. Before we close, I'm gonna include you in probably what I consider one of my most important corners, my education corner. Because without quality education, there is absolutely no future. It doesn't matter what else we talk about. If our kids don't learn about self-esteem and independence, pride in themselves, in their families and communities, and the ability to be responsible adults, we have absolutely nothing. So there were so many headlines about education this week that the only word I could think about was confusion. There was the idea that students are going back to school and they don't have to wear masks. Of course, five-year-olds still have to wear masks. It just doesn't make any sense. You know, the governor and the mayor of New York City want people to come back to work. So the parents are going to take public transportation and go into buildings and go back to work and eat out in restaurants and start entertaining themselves with movies and theater, maskless, but five-year-olds who we were told were the ones that were most immune to any kind of virus are the ones that are wearing a mask. That's because they are helpless virtually. Then there was another headline. A record number of 150,000 students leaving public schools. Many minorities Which is quite fascinating considering Eric Adams uh, campaigned on improving education, especially for minorities. I guess he's doing as well with that as he's doing with the crime in subways and the stealing that is going on in boutiques on Long Island and uh, all in the five boroughs that he represents. I know he doesn't represent Long Island, but he does represent the neighboring uh, five boroughs. Anyway, there was another headline that speaks all about education. And that is despite all the controversies and failings, and despite the fact that parents are taking kids out in record numbers of these schools, Eric Adams asked for mayoral control again when a lot of people don't want him to have it. So I want you to think about what education is really all about. It's about who has the power to control our future. In 2017, I started writing a book that came out in 2018 called Rubber Room Romance, Everything You Need to Know About the Education System. And it was a realistic fiction novel that I self-published and that was available on Amazon. It's still available on Amazon. And then I did a lot of press on, I did a lot of public events and a lot of grassroots groups supported me. I'm not gonna go through the fictional part of the book, but at the end of the book, I did ask questions about the future of education. This is for each one of us. Years before CRT and years before COVID. How can we improve education? Should education remain a government responsibility? Should education be run like a private business? Should it be competitive? Should we change a school calendar? Should the school system provide services for students with two parents that work full-time as a babysitting service, or should we go back to the idea of schools educating, teaching reading, writing, math, history, and science, plus activities in physical education, arts and crafts, music, and culture? What should the future of unions be within the education system? Will evaluations for schools, teachers, students, and families change, and should they? When will we see a positive improvement towards success in the education system? Should we develop a new type of schooling? Do we need to purchase new supplies, new equipment, and new curriculum guides? Should we actually look towards education with more technology? How cost-effective do we need to be to utilize and encounter The rising cost in education as we are a debt based society. How are our schools providing for our students the tools they need for job growth in our country in the future? There are many more questions, but I asked this years before Black Lives Matter and years before critical race theory, and years before, we had students struggling, not just academically, but socially, because of a pandemic. I always say to people, it's not education that failed; it's how we educate. If we were properly prepared with the help of the government, and with the help of the teachers unions, we could have survived COVID with a strong quality education system and our students would be socially, emotionally, and of course, academically prepared for 2022. Before we leave, I want to thank you again for listening to our show. Please write to me. I am on LinkedIn. I am on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can download us anytime internationally through iHeart Radio and Spotify, Apple and Google Podcast, Podbean. You can also listen to us on Jewish podcasts through Israel, and of course, read my articles on Israel National News, Reactionary Times, Bizpak Review, and the Times of Israel. I am Cindy Gross, your premier. Jewish activist on talk radio. Thank you very much for listening.
1: The eight-day holiday of Passover begins at sundown April 15th through April 23rd and is celebrated by Jews around the world with two nights of festive meals, the setter, and lots of wine, four cups each night to symbolize freedom from bondage. The folks at Royal Wine Corp the largest manufacturer, importer, and exporter of kosher wine, offers wines from all over the world in every price point. Founded in 1848, Royal Wine Corp's mission is to be the premier manufacturer, importer, and distributor of specialty wines, spirits, and liqueurs from around the world. The commitment to perfection and family traditions spans over eight generations and has experienced growth since its beginning. Royal's portfolio of domestic and international wines ranges from traditional wine-producing regions of France, Italy, and Spain to up-and-coming ones like Israel, New Zealand, and Argentina. Additionally, Royal Wine Corp's Spirit and Liqueur Portfolio offers some of the most sought-after scotches, bourbons, tequilas, and vodkas, as well as hard-to-find specialty items such as flavored brandies and liqueurs. To find out more, visit the Royal Wine website and find out where you can pick up all your wine needs or order online with discounts on many favorites.